Welcome to Costly Conversations. I'm super excited because we have Sean from Pew Pew Tactical with us today. What's going on, Sean? Hey, man, I'm so happy to be here. Hey, well, we're super excited to have you. I'm sure everybody knows who Pew Pew Tactical is or what it is. Um, If they haven't read an article, they've watched a video. If they haven't watched a video, I'm sure they saw you guys on Instagram or something like that. And uh, you guys are up to some fun stuff. Um, We were just talking beforehand and you were showing me some of the cool stuff you guys are working on. So uh, if you are on the audio version of this, definitely hop over to YouTube and watch what we're about to show you. This is going to be kind of cool. So, Sean, first of all, let's let's get into this, because if people have been watching PP Tactical for a while, they've seen an array of faces. If it's not Johnny B, it's the guy with the beard. I could never remember his name. But you're also a guy with the beard. Who, who's the other guy who's, who had been doing a lot of the videos for Pew Pew Tactical? Yeah, so um, we have uh, a varied crew at Pew Pew Tactical, and we have uh, a run of names. It's kind of funny. Uh, we have Johnny B, like you mentioned. Uh, the guy with the beard is John. And Sean also means John, uh, coming from the Gaelic. So it, it, we have a lot of repetitive names that seem to occur at uh, PP Tactical. John, but John John. yeah, yeah. So uh, right now, uh, Johnny B is still making some content for us. And um, I'm kind of taking over a lot of the uh, video, the front facing stuff, because Pew Pew Tactical recently moved. It originated out in uh, California. Mm-hmm. And uh, as you might imagine, kind of difficult to get some of the fun things to test and write and create content with. So uh, the decision was made by Eric and Paula to uh, bring the whole organization out to Austin, Texas. Now, we still have folks that create uh, freelance content for us, uh, mm-hmm. quite a few of talented folks actually. Uh, who are all over the nation, but uh, the main operation is located in Texas now. So that's yeah. why you've seen um, a few different faces change up uh, yeah. recently. And and I guess the elephant in the room is people do get attached to their to their personalities. You know, we build up a little bit of cult personality. We're like, okay, who is PP Tactical? Is is it John? Is it Johnny B? Is it Sean John? Like, who is it? Yeah. And, yeah. Well, let's talk about that. So it, that's a that's a great that's a great approach. Um, we like to think of ourselves as having broad appeal to uh, a wider array of folks, right? Uh, I don't have a southern accent, and I can I can make one up, but I don't have that, right? And um, I don't have the giant beard that John did. So uh, we have different appeals, different levels to uh, a a wider array of folks. But um, I think right now, just based upon the move itself, I was willing to relocate uh, from Colorado to Texas. So I'm the guy right now. Uh, Johnny B is also gonna continue to contribute. And uh, just today, we have, great guy named Joshua, who is a heck of a competitor with uh, tactical games and competitive shooting, stuff like that. He just made his debut video reviewing the CZ PS2. Oh, and wow. uh, that that's a hoop. And it, it was fun putting that together with him. 
So, awesome. you know, we, we got we mix it up a little bit. Uh, no, that's good. I, I'll be bringing the bulk of the video content uh, for the foreseeable future, but we definitely uh, are going to have other people contributing to uh, the overall products. And I, I think that's really cool. And I, I can appreciate that PP Tactical is bigger than just one guy. It's not the uh, Armed Atlas show. If you guys follow my firearms um, YouTube channel slash page versus the podcasting stuff. And right. you know, it's, it, it is interesting where it's like, it's a, it's almost like a, like a publication slash YouTube experience slash yeah. blog. You know, it's like, yeah, what, what is to you, what is PP tactical? So PP tactical is the brainchild of Eric Hunt, who's the creator. And, uh, it's a great story because Eric came to firearms from a position that's non-traditional. He is not the guy that you would look at and assume, oh man, that guy knows a lot about guns. Um, he and his family weren't really into firearms. So he didn't have that uh, upbringing to you know, convey to him a lot of knowledge about firearms, mm-hmm. but he got into them. And he really started digging around and learning and, uh, you know, having the advent of the internet around, he was able to learn things and dig up information, find resources, what ammunition goes with what gun and what's the best concealed carry option out there and what are the laws in your state? So uh, he noticed that people started going to him for that information and he had the idea. He was like, oh man. We, uh, we, I could create a website, I could create a blog and provide this information to people who don't necessarily know even as much as I do, because he recognized that everyone has their journey and everyone starts at a different place. And uh, one of the things that I'm sorry to say that we don't do so well in the firearms community is um, we're not overly accepting of people who don't necessarily know everything when they come into it. So right. um, I know I've had this experience and, and I've heard it repeated several times from other folks. You go in and you get the gun counter commando who uh, knows so much more than you and they're mm-hmm. going to look down on you and tell you exactly what you need and maybe do it a little disdainfully because you don't know everything that you need to know. And uh, we despise that approach. Um, mm-hmm. we, we think that's counterproductive. And we recognize that, you know, there's going to be people who know a lot more than us at PP Tactical, but there's going to be a lot of people that don't know nearly as much. And there's going to be people who are right in the middle too. And we try to be a service uh, by providing information to them about firearms and uh, a a wide array of information, anything from gun reviews to complete guides, how to buy uh, laws, considerations on concealed carry, defensive practices, all of that kind of stuff, Uh, the the whole gamut. Uh, That is awesome, especially uh, you consider like, hey, you know, there's a lot of people, especially in recent years, you know, post 2020, we had the boom uh, and, I noticed on this side is okay. Who's people who are buying guns? People yeah. who generally are not stereotypically known to buy guns. We right. have women, we have black folks, and you know those are two audiences that I don't necessarily speak to them both. But 
I I know a lot of women. You know, I have daughters and they have babysitters and aunts and whatnot. And they're always asking me about firearms and I can't teach them everything, yeah. you know? Yeah. So it's great to, that they have new resources and continuing to expand in those resources and like, okay, yeah. like, and we'll get into some of the uh, uh, more user-friendly, transparent ways to, to look into buying firearms that you guys are um, kind of breaking ground on mm-hmm. In, mm-hmm. in a way that's probably revolutionary for this business, but not revolutionary in the sense that it's never been done. So oh, I'm, sure. I'm glad to see that um, we're taking good ideas from other sectors and bringing it in. We'll talk <laughs> about that in just a second. But I definitely want to just say thank you to you know you and, of course, John and Johnny B and all yep. the guys at PP Tactical and, of course, the guys who originated it um, because I look up to you guys in, in, in many ways, um, specifically when I first started to get into the firearms content game. I was like, wow, they, they do it really well. Like their 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 videos are crisp. They, they, the attention to detail is amazing. Um, and even, you know, the first video I saw you on was the uh, Staccato P and you went into your, your law enforcement background a little bit. And of course, the obligatory two world wars joke because, it's, uh, <laughs> you know, 2011, 1911. Yeah. Um, and I was like, man, this is this is the way a review should be. And, Thank you. you know, I'm I'm super excited that more people will be able to go find those old videos and the new ones and the ones that you, you know, have yet to even think of and get quality information that's not pretentious that's not exclusionary in the sense that you don't have to know everything about a gun to have a conversation with or or to interact with this content and um even i remember john was doing some like bolt action or long range gun out in the desert and um he he basically said like hey you know most of my experience is on i I believe he said glocks and Mm -hmm. you know striker fired handguns so He's not going to be the most, uh, right, right. You know, articulate slash. He's not going to have all the juice when it comes yeah. to that. But he, he's oh, going to yeah. try, and he's going to get some information to really, you know, relay. And I, I appreciated that transparency because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. I'm sure at some point in my life, you know, back in the day when I thought, you know, you can't, you can't show weakness, I might have been like, yeah, uh, yeah, and you know, just kind of <laughs> put on a little bit more than I needed to. And yeah. I think that almost gave me permission to, to have. Um, gaps, you know, not that I'm oh, not yeah. pursuing, but like, Hey, you know, I don't, I don't have to know everything. I don't have to pretend to be no. accepted in the two way community. You know, and the funny thing about that, and, and thank you very much for the compliments. So we, we appreciate it. Uh, yeah. And I will happily uh, explain to you at least why the video is such quality here in just a minute, but let, let me address something real quickly. Um, we all come from different places and we enter into this firearms world uh, from different backgrounds. And um, we don't presume to know it all. That's why the name is Pew Pew Tactical. We're not the, uh, we're not the resource for the snake eaters of the world, right? The SEAL Team 6 is not coming to our website and uh, figuring out just exactly how they need to proceed. It's tongue in cheek. You know, we don't take ourselves too seriously, uh, but we do recognize that we have somewhat of a responsibility to provide valid information to people. And uh, at least a little bit of transparency comes along with that. And and so to address your point, uh, I have a lot of background 
uh, in pistols just because of my 22 and a half years in law enforcement. I have a little bit with rifles uh, because I was on a local SWAT team, but my long range and my scoped rifle stuff, I never had that assignment. So that is still very green for me. I'm still learning. Well, if I'm honest, I'm still learning about all of it. Yeah. <laughs> and the minute I think that I, 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 I've accomplished something, I still find that I have the capacity to learn even more. Mm. Uh, but I'm the furthest along with pistols, uh, you know, still learning about shotguns, still learning about rifles, long range. But yeah, I mean, that's, that's part of that authenticity, I think, that we bring uh, because we're not necessarily the absolute experts on everything, but we can share our experience in a cogent way, hopefully, and mm -hmm. um, do so especially with uh, the talents of, I'm going to mention my brother, Johnny Fantastic. Now, uh, Johnny came out from L.A., from uh, California, and he is our videographer and oh my gosh the guy is talented mm -hmm. uh, he makes me look like i have some idea of what i'm doing instead of being a, a bumbling <laughs> buffoon out there and um he, he puts together the video and it is it is top notch so um he was a great addition to the team and uh, we're really lucky to have it did you say that your videographer's name is john also Yes. Yeah. I mean, oh, I'm telling you that there's a theme here. So, uh, now said, his, they look at the applications. If your name's not John, we're throwing it out. Yeah. You're out. Right. <laughs> yeah. It's pretty that's crazy. That's funny. No, that's awesome. And I, I love that you, you touched on the, the fact that, you know, PP tactical, you know, kind of tongue in cheek in a sense. Mm -hmm. I mean, even the logo, it's, it's a jet Jetsons era, you know, space blaster, it's not some yeah. tricked out 2011 AR with the, you know, right. just kitted out. It's, you know, it's fun. Yeah. And there's a lot to know. There's a lot to learn. And I, I appreciate, shoot, when I was, I guess, trying to figure out, okay, what kind of receiver do I want? I'm doing an AR build. I looked at y'all's website and I was like, mm -hmm. okay, cool. This is the difference between the billet and the fortune. And it's like, wow, mm -hmm. there's information there, you know? Because yeah. if you if you looked up to me thinking I know about these things, I'm sorry I disappointed y'all, but <laughs> I'm learning, and I appreciate that there are resources out there. But um, definitely, yeah, it's really good, and I'm, I appreciate great video. That's why I love um, you know Coleon Noir. He puts together great oh uh, yeah content. Love his stuff. Um, mm -hmm. You know when and but you also if if you look closely and you look through the years, you're like you see the the progression and the way he does mm -hmm. things and mm -hmm. behind every great YouTube channel slash personality, you get a good videographer. And oh, if you, if you yeah. are familiar, the guy who does most of his video, um, Peter, he's amazing. Mm -hmm. He is mm -hmm. like top notch. So I, I love to see like, okay, we got Peter, he's doing crazy video and he does more than just gun stuff. He does sure. comedians and shows and stuff. Mm -hmm. And then we have, you know, um, Johnny Fantastic. I don't, I don't know his real name, but old John, um, John <laughs> to the to the fourth power, or something like that. Yeah, <laughs> John Squared. Yeah. <laughs> we got John Squared over here, and uh, yeah. you know, he's killing it and making y'all look amazing and right. just slow mo and just how really nicely composed mm -hmm. each of the shots are. And I'm sure he gives you tips if you have to do something yourself. But oh yeah, just, for sure. You know. It, um, it's been a funny progression for me, uh, kind of switching careers. Now I had, um, I had written 
freelance uh, in the gun industry since about 2014. Uh, and my photography sucked. I mean, that was something that uh, I've, I've had to grow and learn. And then uh, just before I came on board full-time with Pew Pew, uh, I was doing some video stuff for AR15.com. Okay, and yeah. um, I learned how to set up my own shots and record and then some light editing. And oh, man, um, I had quite a uh, learning curve when I was learning how to write and then put together decent photos because that that was not easy. Uh, but video is so much more difficult and there's so many more complexities involved. And to try to come up with a, a product that's gonna be um, valuable to a, mm. uh, a wide audience that's a challenge. And uh, now with Johnny here, I don't have to worry about that so much. Right, it just uh, takes it right it, off your plate. Yeah, yeah, man. He he shoots it, uh, he cuts it, he puts it together, and uh, yeah, his edits are awesome. So yeah, no shout out, to, shout out to him. Definitely sending air high fives, doing great work, <laughs> doing the Lord's work over here, making there sure he everybody knows the good news. Yeah. You know, the Second Amendment. And uh, the stuff that kind of goes into it, because, you know, we could say my right. rights all day, but if you don't know how to even pick out a decent gun, we're, we're in trouble. And speaking yeah. of that, let's jump let's jump into kind of the next phase of Pew Pew Tactical, the, the phase four, if you will, of you know, for, for my Marvel fans out there yeah. of of PPU and kind of what you guys are doing to push the industry forward a little bit. Um, and I'll start it off like this. If you ever watch a gun video on the internet or any sort of product video, there's the comment section is strong and sometimes aggressive. And yeah, you know, it comes to the territory, but then again, some of the, it can get a little out of hand. I'm sure you've seen. We have um, a specific name for product guys, guys who they'll get a gun in, they get to review it, they talk about it. And um, if you say too many nice things about a gun, especially a gun that maybe someone has an opinion about that isn't right. as favorable, you will get called a shell. Yep. Or I'm sure there's a few other names, some names that I, I don't want to say on my podcast. Yep. And um, and so there, there's a level of, I suppose we, we need to do a little bit more to help these people along. Some, some people you can't please, like you just mm -hmm. can't. Mm -hmm. But you guys are doing something kind of interesting where it's like, okay, don't take our word for it. Look at these audience metrics. What what are we doing in regards to that? What are you guys calling it? Like, how are you pushing the pushing the conversation forward when it comes to trustworthy firearms content slash um, recommendations? Sure. Yeah. Um, and I'm happy to acknowledge the uh, shill comment because uh, it seems like I, I've dealt with that a few times since kind of coming to the fore with Pew Pew. There have been a couple of guns that have just been outstanding. Staccato was one of them. Mm -hmm. um, but, you know, if, if people just put their hands on it and shoot it, I, I think 99 out of 100 are going to agree. Holy crap, that's a great gun. Right. But uh, when you when you have the cynicism in the uh, consumer market that we have right now, and, and man, I get it. We really 
have to be critical consumers of media. And uh, we, we have that as a responsibility to ourselves because right now there's such a, a cognitive dissonance in, in society and we tend to look for that confirmation bias, yeah. right? We form our opinion and then we go out and seek sources to kind of reaffirm that. Uh, and, and so a very, very small percentage of comments for uh, our videos and, and articles will come in and occasionally say something along those lines. Mm -hmm. uh, but uh, to kind of aid with that, not necessarily combat it, but to kind of aid with that, uh, we have come up with uh, an idea and we're currently developing it. It's in place and we're getting ready to go live with it soon, probably next month, but it's called the Pew Pew Meter. And if you wanted the, the shortcut explanation for it, it's basically the thermometer for uh, uh, rotten, the tomatoes. rotten tomatoes. Yeah, yeah. and it's for guns. So people can come in, come to the website, they can search through, find a Taurus GX4 find a Glock 44 and they can go in, click on it, and they can see that the number of ratings on it are whatever they are. Like currently we're sitting at 3.8 overall, but they can click into that and they can also see that we rate each of the guns by a few different categories, uh, like accuracy, reliability, customization, ergonomics, price and overall and, and it, interestingly these are the same metrics that we rate the guns in our reviews that we put on the actual website but the difference here is you can go in and you can actually put your own rating down for these guns and our hope is to crowdsource all of this like take the collective information the experiences that people have had with all of these different guns and come to the website, log in, you know, create an account, but then go in and rate the guns that you've had experience with. Mm -hmm. And um, you know what? I think most of the people that know me, like really know me, consider me a trustworthy person. Mm -hmm. But let's say you don't trust anyone. Fine, I understand that. Uh, but you trust your own experience, so you can go in and rate the guns that you've had uh, practical exercises with and, and have spent years shooting and you can rate them yourself and uh, help put that into the pool of knowledge that we have out there uh, in the world right now with people who have had experience with all these different guns. That's, I think this is definitely uh, a feature slash I'll call it a product, a product that you guys are putting out mm -hmm. into the world that I think will definitely help, especially people who maybe they're, they're budget conscious, like a price conscious. And there's a, where I live in the two way community where I don't, I don't have all the money in the world to just go buy whatever gun I want. Sure. I just, I just don't, I'm not there yet. If y'all want to help out with that, join the <laughs> Patreon or buy one of the shirts, Cost yes. of freedom shirts. These are amazing. The premium materials go get you one. That yes. said, um, I understand what it means to be budget conscious in the set in the sense that you don't want to just go by, oh, uh, the new SIG X macro came out, amazing gun, everybody loves it, XYZ, you know, SIG has dropped it 
in everybody's hands. I'm not even sure who bought it on day one or who who had it under embargo because everybody's reviews are dropping tonight. Like it's it's hot yeah. cakes out here. Yep. And everybody likes it. And, well, everybody says they like it. And you know, it's like okay, well, uh, Sig clearly sent it out to a few people or invited somebody out to their um, experience place and let people get some time with it. Mm -hmm. um, can we trust that? Maybe, maybe not. Okay. Now we also have, you know, staccato, if they change the grips on their gun, you know, like, can I, can I afford to go out and try every single gun and put a thousand rounds through every single gun yeah. or even a hundred rounds through every single, no, I can't do yeah. that. I'm sorry guys. I, it's not practical. So right. I love the fact that you're like, okay, Hey, maybe you have questions this is what real people are saying about this gun. Like mm -hmm. we, we like it, but maybe you'd like some additional inf um, data. Mm -hmm. My only question, and maybe you can't answer this right now, we can follow up and answer it, is what are the criteria for entering in a rating, if there are any? And also, is and that's one question. And the second question will be, what are you doing to prevent let's say review bombing because that is a big deal <laughs> in any sort of online sure. rating system yeah you know i think um those are some of the issues that we're going to have to address mm -hmm. and it, it's just like uh man it's just like comments you know when you put up we put out 13 14 videos um, or 13 to 14 articles a week. Uh, sometimes we, we have uh, usually a video that comes out on YouTube every week. We have multiple vertical videos that come out on the uh, various social media platforms, and that generates a lot of conversation. 99% of that is valid. It's, uh, it's moving the ideas forward, right? It, it's generating some kind of engagement and conversation. But every once in a while, there's there's some slick folks that get in and just say some absolute horrible stuff, uh, and I'm blown away. Yeah, we have to we have to keep track of that. We have to jump in and monitor that and uh, take care of it. So unfortunately, there are going to be those uh, rare events that happen, and we'll address those when they come up. I'm sure they're going to happen, but I think they're not going to be the majority. Yeah. If somebody goes in. And listen, man, this, this is a valid experience. If someone goes in and they absolutely bomb a gun, but they have uh, valid points that they can articulate in uh, their explanation of why they're giving it such a, a negative rating, hey, I think that's part of an experience. You have a manufactured product, especially, especially something that essentially channels an explosion and sends uh, a product downrange at a high velocity, there are going to be issues. Uh, QC is extremely important in, in this industry, and uh, but there are always going to be those uh, exceptions. Thankfully, they're rare, but people do have experiences, and, yeah. um, and that's valid. I think they're going to be on the uh, overall curve. They're going to be in the minority, but they're important. And uh, mm -hmm. some people are going to identify with it. Yeah. 
Yeah, I think I think it will definitely. Um, you will have those comments. Shoot, I had <laughs> I had an interesting comment the other day. I was I did a review on a Hellcat a few weeks ago, and mm-hmm. for some reason that's that's the video that's doing well. Yeah. You know, okay. Just, I don't get it. Anyway, so and somebody was like. I made a comment about shooting a hundred yards with the gun. I was like, I don't know if you want to do that. It's not really for that. And they're like, that's just stupid. Why would you even comment? No, you don't want shoots hundred yards with a handgun. I'm like, am I, am I? No. And then I was like, okay, no, no, no. I actually know some guys who, who have done it. It's yeah. not normal. I wouldn't recommend it. But if for some reason you wanted to shoot the, the spirit of what I was saying is if you want to shoot something real far, get a rifle yeah. <laughs> or get, get a oh, handgun sure. that's capable, you know? Yeah. Because, you know, if you want to take a, a staccato P or something a little bigger, it's known for its accuracy. Yeah. Um, you know, that's, it's more capable. You may actually pull it off if you have the skill, yeah. but kind of getting, getting back to it. I, you guys did talk about, you, you mentioned um, rating guns for accuracy and in, in a few mm-hmm. other um, places. Are you, are you guys expecting, the reviewers to write out a few sentences to kind of describe their gripes with the, uh, if they say, well, this gun's not accurate. Like, or are are they shooting low and to the left with a Glock? (laughs) (laughs) Well, you you may have found the Achilles heel for for the whole thing here, man. (laughs) That's we have to take that into consideration um you know mechanics have a great expression for what's wrong with most vehicles and when mechanics are sitting there talking to each other uh they'll typically refer to the nut behind the wheel right like Mm. if you get the nut behind the wheel out of the way you'll probably fix most of the problems with the vehicle that's funny and um that's true with firearms too a lot of times my gun keeps shooting low left. I, I don't know what's wrong with it. I've adjusted the sights. I've done this. I've done that. Yeah, uh, that's difficult. And and even uh, you know myself, I'll go out and I shoot groups um, and try to get a good representation of the true accuracy of a firearm. And uh, I, I'm a problem. I'm a problem. <laughs> <laughs> and when I feel like uh, I'm not representing the best actual accuracy of a firearm, I just keep shooting. You know, I yeah. will. Yeah, I'll even walk away and uh, take a break, shoot something else, come back to it, and try to make sure that I'm, I'm giving the best representation of it. because it's there. There's there's um there's an absolute magic to shooting every single time there there's a there's a moment in time where your sights are lined up or your red dot is a certain place and at that split second where you press the trigger and you break and the striker hits and the round comes funneling down the chamber uh, and it's directed exactly where your muzzle was pointed at that moment whether you jerk the trigger or whether you anticipate it or whether you had a nice clean break and you were pointed exactly where you were supposed to be. And that moment's never going to be repeated, right? That's that, that one split second in time 
that we can never get back. But overall, you have to average out the performance and, and that helps you eliminate the nut behind the wheel, so to speak, and, and get the, the truth out of uh, those results. Wow, the nut behind the wheel. That's, that's what we're gonna call this one. <laughs> yes. No, that's 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 perfect, and you you're absolutely right. There is, there is a, a magical moment that happens, especially yeah. if you if you get the draw just right, and you you know you let off a, a series of ten, you know, well timed shots, and your cadence is good, and right. you know your 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 muscle control your muscle control is you know mm -hmm. spot on, and you look you look back at the video and you're like, dang. That gun shoots flat, yeah. Or, or you just had really good recoil management. Sure. And then you look at the group and you're like, "Wow, that's a nice group. Mm -hmm. I love that group." You know, like mm -hmm. Donkey, that's a nice boulder. That's a <laughs> great group. And you're like, "Wow, wow, this gun is great." Or if you have a bad day and your your hands are sweaty, oh. and that's that's my that's my Achilles heel is my hands sweat extraordinarily you go out to yeah. these events and you could have the nicest gun in the world in your hands and it's just flopping around like a fish because mm -hmm. your hands are sweaty and you didn't you didn't mm -hmm. remember to dry them off before you touched a three hundred thousand dollar gun <laughs> yeah <laughs> yes and and so i mean just the reality of it is you can have mixed results and oftentimes it is the nut behind the wheel that's yeah. causing these problems. And now you're like, well, the gun's not accurate or myself when the first time and the second time I shot the C2, I was like, I don't, I don't know. And I still have some gripes because I expected to shoot like the P and I shoot mm -hmm. the P really well and I shoot mm -hmm. the C2 less well. But I'm, I'm sure if I were to go back and forth and shoot the C2 and then shoot something extremely similar but maybe less expensive mm -hmm. uh, i'm sure i could definitely find the the joys in it especially when you start to take it out the further distances that's where i hear it really shines um but yeah you know what uh next time i next time guys i'll, I'll record it <laughs> i actually made a whole video talking about how I, I like a few guns more than i like the c2 and yeah people had a opinion yeah. about that people are this the fanboys were mad ah <laughs> uh, well you can't please everyone. You can. You I don't can't. expect to. Yeah, and, and what's fun for me is because I'm exposed to so many different handguns over such a short period of time, and occasionally rifles too, I tend to do an informal comparison and analysis. Mm. Um, I recently shot the uh, CZP-10F Comp Ready, oh and uh, phenomenal. Uh, and we were on the short range, you know, typically don't shoot out past 20, 25 yards, uh, and just see how it performs within those short engagement distances. But the gun felt so solid that I grabbed Johnny and we walked over to the hundred yard range. And I think it was two or three shots and I was ringing steel oh, and yeah. that's, that's a testament to, uh, that firearm. So are, is, are you saying you can shoot at a hundred yards? Absolutely. Sean? Yeah. <laughs> Take that yeah. guy in the comment section who was making me question everything. <laughs> <in life. laughs> is it, is it a practical application? No. Um, right. Is it useful in a defensive scenario? I certainly hope not. Um, but yeah, it's, it's totally, uh, totally within the realm of possibility. You could mm -hmm. probably go even further. 
But um, for me, just seeing how accurate that gun was, I thought, man, I, I bet this thing I could stretch its legs, and it it did it performed. That's awesome. I gotta I gotta I gotta try that. There's there's a lot of guns I really want to try. And uh, yep. how do you, how do you balance? I guess I, I suppose your shooting days when you get up go out with the company and shoot are just like scheduled times for that. Yeah, uh, so I was there uh, for the SIG event mm -hmm. and uh, with the release of the X Macro Comp. And uh, those are, those aren't the norm. Um, you know, the bulk of my time is spent with uh, our editorial team gets together and decides, okay, we think these are the products that we're, we want to cover. We think this is what folks are going to be interested in what they're going to click on what they're going to want to watch uh, but occasionally you'll get an invitation from a company and they'll have you come out and review a product and like you mentioned you know uh, there's an embargo there's a non-disclosure agreement that's uh, signed and uh, you fly out to uh, a place and you get introduced to the product on site and you have the experience with it. And in the situation with the X macro comp, uh, those guys threw together a competition. Uh, we were at the SIG Academy and they were like, okay, we're having a big competition. And there wasn't a whole lot of notice about uh, what the format was going to be. But I gotta tell you, uh, I have been to events where you show up and you get a new gun and there's a ton of ammo loaded up right and it's amazing it's 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 uh it's quite an experience but my preference is training or competition something mm -hmm. that pushes you to really find the boundaries of that firearm and uh and potentially your own boundaries and see how it's going to perform while you're under pressure and mm -hmm. that's when you really get to know uh, uh, a firearm that much better yeah. I mean, the reality is you can fire a hundred, you know, shots, 500 shots. If you're Aaron Cowan and you want to do the burn down on a uh, old Sage diamond, oh, yeah. Sage dynamics. And you know, the man's legendary in the mm -hmm. uh, two way space for breaking optics. Sure. Every, every chance he gets, which we're, we're thankful for that. Cause mm -hmm. God knows I'm not doing it. <laughs> we don't have to do it. Yeah, exactly. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So, and one might ask like shoot now what's what's the realism in even that i mean we love to see it and it's like okay if the gun just can't cycle rounds then it can't but you start putting some sweat into the gun you start moving around you know in in real real life you get some pocket lint in the gun mm -hmm. is it still going to run the way it's supposed to as mm -hmm. advertised or are you going to complain it it doesn't lock back on the final round and you know, we all know yeah. you have big hands, so it's gonna, <laughs> it's your fault. <laughs> I do, man, I do. Um, yeah. And that is, that is an absolute reality, but I'm, I always try to communicate that. Um, I adore the Walter PDP, um, but that is the one drawback for me is I don't get last round lockback because I use a very high grip 
and uh, my hands are so big that I typically ride that slide release, so mm-hmm. I don't get that last round lock back. And and uh, I mean, otherwise that gun is perfect in so many ways, but but that's a reality, and you don't experience that until you get out and push it. And um, I was there for the PDP's release, and uh, when we flew out to Illinois and. We did uh, two days uh, straight of training with the Walther Defense Division, and holy crap, we were doing all kinds of stuff, shooting at night, shooting with nods, shooting in the rain, shooting from different positions on the ground, um, speed drills. You know, they brought up the timer like, okay, we're going to knock a tenth of a second off from that. Pick it up, move it even faster. And the gun just ran. It ate up everything that we did. Um, most of the time, these companies, when they bring you out and they put you under that kind of pressure test with that new product, they're ready. Mm-hmm. They've already tested it. They're confident and it goes well. And um, that's been my experience so far now. Right. But many companies can't do that, like or at least won't. Right. At least at least some of the more budget friendly brands that they don't have the same QC. They're not mm-hmm. advertising these guns for military law enforcement use, mm-hmm. which, you know, obviously there's a lot of guys in the two way space who, if the military and the law enforcement, they're not using it, I'm not using it. You know, if, if cops mm-hmm. don't carry it, I'm not carrying it. Yeah. And so I think that's, I think that's interesting. Yeah. That's not practical for everyone now. Mm-hmm. Um, so it, that there is a gap there because, uh, there are some companies right now who are really innovating. They're really pushing to do things different, to evolve. Uh, and other companies are kind of resting on what their products already are. And uh, it's, you've got to have a little bit of balance there because, um, you know, like I I think of Caltech, Keltec mm-hmm. is a is a brand that continually pushes the boundaries and tries to come up with different stuff and uh, see what they can get out of a product and and I dig that I, I think it's cool. Yeah, um, people have different opinions right. uh, about Keltec and um, for whatever reason what their experiences might be, but but they're definitely innovators. They they uh, definitely try to take the brand in different directions. And I I think. In, in a in a strong way, I very much appreciate the companies that are young and hungry and mm-hmm. just desperate for your attention and willing to do the bold and un- unimaginable. I mean, mm-hmm. even Six Hour is technically a very new company when you consider it to the, the, the counterpart for the American market of Glock and Glock and Glock and all the, well, how many Glocks have we had so far? <laughs> I think we're up to like 45, right? Yes, <laughs> we like that. are. But what have you heard lately? And that's kind of my point. Um, I, I, I talked to the sales team at Glock. And when we talked, I was like, hey, you know, like, when are we when are we doing something a little different? And they were like, when when Mr. Glock is ready. And I was kind of upset because I've been a Glock guy. Like, yeah, I carried too. a 19 up for, for a long time. And I'm like... You know, 19 is cool, but we just got the MOS. Like, Canik, and people have their opinions about Canik or Yannick, but, you know, mm-hmm. it's Canik. Um, mm-hmm. they, they have guns with double undercuts and comes with the plates, and now they have their tactical edition, which has a 90-degree polymer trigger mm-hmm. break, and it's like, 
what is this? This is yeah. not normal. And some competition guys will tell you that they have the best trigger on the market for striker fire guns Nice, next to Walther. Um, and it's, you know, $500 guns and, and up. And, you know, the, the value proposition is kind of getting a little interesting because now you're like, okay, so the price is going up. Right. It's not as refined in some ways as some of the other offerings, specifically mm -hmm. Walther, if you want to compare triggers and whatnot. Mm -hmm. um, but I suppose the, the question is like, okay, so what do we want? Do we want the innovation or do we want this, um, this image of perfection that we've allowed ourselves to believe in? Mm -hmm per se with Glock and even um, I mean, we look at SIG with the 365 lines early on they had issues but it's in my opinion probably the most reliable and trustworthy right. um, and popular carry gun in America right now mm -hmm. in my opinion yeah yeah and you know the the thing that people hear like when I did the review uh, of the uh, X macro comp it's a phenomenal gun and it was a hundred percent reliable. I didn't have any issues with it, but because you're getting a 17 round magazine, that grip is slightly longer than the XL platform. And it, it just makes it a little bit more difficult to conceal. Um, I'm not an AIWB guy. I, I've never been that guy. Maybe I will down the road, but um, this this gun is phenomenal for so many different reasons. But because it's kind of towing that boundary between a subcompact, a microcompact, and, and a full size, you know, it's somewhere in there because the capacity is 17 plus one. You got a little bit more grip that you've got to deal with. And for most folks, I think that is the area where you're going to print. Uh, yeah. That's that's where you're going to have that difficulty with concealment, which which kind of brings up the argument of, okay, but everything is uh, balances. There's yeah. trade-offs. And, and for me, uh, like I recently tried the Spectre Cop another great version of the p365 but the grip is kind of small and so that makes it a little more challenging for me to get out of concealment mm. to get my hands on it uh just based on the holster that i was using so um the x macro comp definitely easier to grab from concealment and present yeah. but harder to conceal at the same time so uh, it really it's not, kind a, it's of, not a duty gun. No. Wow. <laughs> that brings up an interesting question. Um, could officers potentially move to a, a smaller gun like that? I, I think I wouldn't necessarily see that happening just based on my experience uh, for uniform personnel, but I'll bet you there would be um, support personnel or uh, investigative staff, maybe administrative staff, who could consider carrying a firearm like that because it has the same capacity, but it's much smaller. And, and I'll tell you, if you're not wearing a duty belt, a smaller gun, a lighter gun is a great option because uh, it, it's not gonna pull your uh, belt down, weigh your belt down, pull your pants down. It, it's, uh, it's quite a challenge. 
Absolutely. Now that, that is, that is a question of like, okay, if you aren't carrying a big old duty belt mm -hmm. and I've seen some, some cops with some janky duty belts. Oh. I, saw the, I saw a cop walking, walking down the street the other day and his, his gun was like leaning out and I was like, yeah. what? Yeah. I don't yeah. man. It, it hurts my heart. Cause you know, I'm, I'm surrounded by, uh, on, online and in person when I'm around these guys, guys with the, the, the nicest yeah. uh, battle belts from Wilder Tactical and whoever, mm -hmm. you know, Fair Concepts or whoever. And they, you know, they have their safari lands and everything is on point. Mm -hmm. It Every time you put your hand exactly there, the gun is there. Yeah, It's not moving. And my guys flop it in the wind. Oh, <laughs> what yeah. Is, what is happening? Yeah. There, there's a spectrum, man. And um, I've mentioned this before, but there are the cops who are out there who are like tackleberries. And, and that's kind of an older reference to uh, the movie Police Academy. There was a, a guy, a recruit, who was named Tackleberry, and he was all about um, being duty ready and having his firearm squared away. And he knew everything you could possibly know about his firearm. Mm. But there are also uh, cops out there who aren't comfortable with firearms, um, don't like firearms, but it's a requirement of the job, so they have to do it. Uh, there are cops that dread uh, qualification every month or every couple, two or three months, whenever they have to do it. Um, so you've got a wide spectrum out there. Yeah. You're gonna have the officer who is absolutely squared away, who researches and finds the better gear because maybe his department issues not so good stuff. So maybe he goes with barrel concepts or maybe he picks up his own safari land. But then there are also the officers out there who are gonna look like a soup sandwich with a uh, rusty belt that is janky and you know barely holding their gun together. Uh, you know, it, yeah. that's what that's the reality. Yeah, and that's um I do want to touch on that because you you with with the remaining time that we have left, sure, I know you you served your community as a law enforcement officer for let's name the years while we're here. Twenty two and a half. Twenty two and a half years, mm -hmm. which is a long time to do anything. Yeah. <laughs> That's like raising a whole kid and sending him to college right there. Yeah. So Yes. And so I was like, okay. We we've recently had a lot of really tragic things happen um and we continue to have tough situations in the streets and um we, we have people assuming like cops are superhero superhero jesus and it's like well some of these guys they barely qualify like i don't know if y'all mm -hmm. know but i i know you you've kind of been not to even touch on political things but you've been programmed to believe that police officers will um basically be everything that you needed more. And a lot of these guys mm -hmm. barely qualify. Mm -hmm. Some, they might not qualify and have to retest. I'm, I'm not sure exactly how that works. Um, I'm not a cop, never was, but I, I want to hear from you. Like what is, what's that like kind of being a, being a guy who's very familiar with firearms and mm -hmm. to the point where you've been able to write articles and um, I guess the expectations for training what training that you're given, what training other guys opt into and just maybe neglect and just these expectations. Can we talk about that a little bit? Yeah. Um, 
Man, that is a uh, that is like a mushroom cloud of a topic. But um, I'll Sorry. try to I'll try to thread the needle and, and hit some of the points that you brought up. Um, cops don't get enough training. Yeah, it's just that simple. Um, budgetary constraints, um, you know, other agendas uh, that are prioritized. Uh, we're doing a lot of different things with the, the same amount of money. Um, the failures of law enforcement uh, over the last few years that have um, been, you know, uh, demonstrated quite publicly across the nation combined with the pandemic uh, have left a lot of people with anti-government sentiments. Uh, I don't want to be told I have to wear a mask. I don't want to be told I have to stay home. Uh, I don't want, you know, to be told I have to get a vaccine. And um, unfortunately, law enforcement is, uh, they have to pick up that check, right? They're the ones who um, are placed in the position of having to enforce uh, unpopular uh, mandates uh, or even laws. And um, when we make mistakes, it's partially because we do have a lack of training and um, we're put into a position that, that is almost possible, impossible. I mean, it, it is one of the most difficult jobs that I can even comprehend uh, in the United States today. I was lucky enough to have served in a few different roles. I was on the road for about 15 years. Uh, I worked at a sheriff's office and went from a reserve deputy all the way up to uh, a patrol commander. And uh, on the last several years of my career, I worked at a DA's office. So I was a prosecutorial investigator and I worked different scenarios, uh, you know, working on different cases in, in that role. And um, the role that you have to fill is uh, part counselor, uh, part sociologist, part criminologist, um, part, um, you know, fighter, um, part gunfighter. You have to be a referee. You have to be uh, so many different things. And the job takes an incredible toll. Uh, and then you're continually held to what feels like a, uh, an increasingly more higher standard. And, uh, but it has to be that way because you also have an incredible amount of authority and, uh, you know, we have to be accountable to the public, uh, in order to accomplish that mission. So within all of that spectrum that I've outlaid, you have officers of every stripe who are going to be out there. You're going to have the ones who show up and they're motivated and they are going to seek extra training. They're going to do stuff outside of what's required. They're going to try to exceed the expectation, but you also have some, and unfortunately there's, there's a crisis of leadership in law enforcement a lot of times that uh, are demotivated, they're gonna do the bare minimum, if that, and maybe their training standards aren't as high. And maybe they don't have someone who is continually telling them, hey, 
this is what the law says, this is what the Constitution says, and this is what the recent um, findings from the Supreme Court have held. You have to do it this way. So they're out there doing the best they can. And, um, you know, some, some, most cops, I think, are good folks. Most of the, the vast majority of them are. But uh, you also get uh, a bad rap for a few that have done some unspeakable things, undoubtedly unspeakable things. So um, w within all of that, uh, it's a challenge, man. It's a challenge. And um, it, it's, um, it's not getting any better right now because the, the mandate that has come out as a result of all of the uproar against law enforcement has been um, back off. Law enforcement has, has taken a step back. And um, unfortunately, because I've mentioned the sociology part, uh, in a criminal environment within a society is going to fill that gap. If there's not someone there standing, there's a buffer between victims and, uh, and criminals and law enforcement steps back, then they're going to step up. And so that's why in a large way crime is up right now. And um, it's a, it's a problem. Is, is this what you wanted to get in? <laughs> hey, <laughs> no, I think, uh, about it, brother. <laughs> I think we've, I think we've touched on it in, in a way that is uh, congruent with the show Casa conversations. We have kept it costly in that regard. Yeah. And obviously it's, um, it's tough. It's, yeah. it's really tough because you see some of the situations and people are hurt, like mm -hmm. deeply, like on a spiritual level, hurt. And some people have anxiety when they see blue lights or even just a guy with a gun walking around and say, oh, yeah. who is that? Well, you know, he's supposed to be here, mm -hmm. but they still have anxiety because they've either experienced something really rough or they, you know, sociology, uh, some criminology, some socioeconomics, you know. Oh, yeah. Whatever your situation is, has probably influenced the way that you even see and interact with mm -hmm. law enforcement um, or public figures. And me being a big freedom guy myself, I'm just like, you know, the police can do what they want to do. However, oftentimes they are asked to enforce these mandates that mm -hmm. may feel like an infringement on your on your human rights to right. move freely. And I don't I don't hate anyone who, you know, carries a badge unless you've done something worth hating. Right. Um, and even still. But I, I do I do have a lot of empathy for people who have concerns about, oh, sure. about things that they've seen recently. Oh yeah, um, no, and look, man, we uh, law enforcement has gotten it wrong. Mm -hmm. But a lot of guys want to say that. Yeah, oh no, <laughs> that's stupid. <laughs> <laughs> hey, man, um, just from a human standpoint, you know, there is no walk of um, there's no job out there. There's no career where everybody gets it right. Um, I mean, look at doctors. If you look at malpractice lawsuits, uh, if you look at misdiagnoses, uh, th there's always evidence of getting, uh, do it, having mistakes. And sometimes, unfortunately, and law enforcement is uh, repeatedly uh, cast in this role, uh, our mistakes are 
typically spelled in blood. And uh, sometimes that's the blood of officers, sometimes that's the, the blood of suspects, and sometimes that's the blood of uh, innocent victims. It had nothing to do with the situation. And uh, it's training, it's lawsuits, and uh, it's findings that help law enforcement to grow and hopefully get better. Uh, yeah. But it, it's all—it's forever going to be uh, a continual, growing, and unfortunately painful process. Uh, well said, and I, I appreciate the comparison to doctors because I've actually had a few knee surgeries. For those of you who have been following my life, and the first—well, the first one that I had—they um, didn't detect something that was an actual issue. And it caused me problems later on the road. And even the follow-up surgery that fixed a lot of the issues, I still had some problems and we had to go in there another time. And it's like, man, I'm doctors can't get it right. And I'm not yeah. trying to give any excuse. I'm not some statist. I'm not giving an excuse yeah, to every officer in, in the world who's ever done anything bad. Mm -hmm. um, but I, I, I think what the, 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 uh, the comparison that most people make and correct me if this is wrong, is police officer to airline pilot. Even though the training is extremely different. If you've ever mm -hmm. I had a buddy who was going to school to be a pilot, he actually took some classes and he realized it wasn't going to work out just because of cost. You go to university to learn how to be a pilot mm -hmm. unless you take several, several hours independently. Mm -hmm. And it's like, okay, airline pilots literally can't get it wrong and still they do. And we but when they get it wrong, it's probably Ooh. like a hundred people die. Yeah. Yeah. It's, um, it's an enormous responsibility. Yeah. And, um, unfortunately, if you look at the, I, I, and I can't tell you how much, uh, training airline pilots get, uh, but I can tell you that doctors get a heck of a lot of training. Mm -hmm. and uh, a lot of continuing education after they get their uh, doctors, right? So law enforcement is not that case, and, and, it, and it probably should be. It, it should be uh, much higher just because, uh, and if I can offer any advice in, in, in a scenario like that, always do whatever's going to help you get through that situation alive, uh, preferably uninjured. I know that um, we all have rights, and I know that oftentimes it probably feels like uh, maybe an officer is violating your rights, but it, when you have someone who is potentially in a scenario where they feel like they have to use force, when an officer is out there potentially um, uh, approaching the idea of using force against you in a scenario, that's not necessarily the time to say, oh, well, you're violating my rights, right? My, my counsel is get through that situation and win the day in court. Yeah. Win the day in court. Set a standard for other people and, and, and get through it, man, because uh, I, I hate to see um, you can be right and still regret that situation, you know? Yeah, and um, I... I think that's that's kind of been a consensus amongst level-headed individuals. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah. many of them. You're right. Yeah, yeah. But it's it's sad to see because, you know, we watch video after video after dash yeah. cam after dash cam, iPhone, Android from six oh, years yeah. ago, like whatever it is, however we're watching it, and then someone either gets hurt or someone 
is just angry, you know, just full of piss and vinegar and just oh, sure. to go home with a bruised ego versus like a bruised sternum. And, oh, yeah. and I'm not justifying disrespect or um, any sort of patronization or even a violation of anyone's rights, but get home, man. Yeah. Like it's your number one obligation to get home to your children. Mm-hmm. Um, not necessarily to get in a gunfight with somebody who has license from the state to stop a gunfight. Yeah. Um, yeah. And that's, that's scary, man. Uh, it's, uh, it's something now that I've thought about for quite a while, because even when I became, um, an investigator, I was no longer uniform. So mm-hmm. were I to show up on a situation and draw my firearm and have to confront whatever scenario had occurred, I had to be concerned about, you know, is an officer going to come up and consider me a threat? Right. And, and what the, are the rules of engagement there? So yeah, yeah I, I get it. Man. I get it. And now that I'm retired, uh, you know, we still carry. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and we right. still think that we have those ethical obligations, uh, certainly moral obligations uh, to prevent the loss of life. And um, that's that's a, something we all have to deal with, uh, yeah. thinking about that as yeah. a response. I've actually recently, I think uh, it was somebody did a video and they were talking about the unfortunate scenario where if you come up on a situation and you feel like you can save the day per se and you want to do some hero stuff you might die like a hero um and that is a big risk that you end up assuming and if you don't want to be that guy you know don't be that guy but at the end of the day anything can happen and it's unfortunate either way if if uh officer sees you as a threat and that's happened to Many people from many different backgrounds, sure. people like myself, people like yourself, people have died trying to do the right thing. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. And having done the right thing, people end up still seriously injured or, or fatally wounded. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's that's that on that. I, I, I know we're, we're going on. And um, and Sean, I definitely appreciate you taking the time to, to touch Absolutely. on that subject. I know it's a little bit dicey and you don't want to say the wrong thing. Um, you know, but I think you, you, you needled the thread excellently. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. You know, um, pew, pew tactical is, um, it's not a law enforcement centric organization. Um, they were, uh, very, uh, generous to offer me a position coming on. I had written for them, uh, for several years. Uh, but their patent position is open to everybody. They want to be right. a resource to everybody. So, um, you know, any law enforcement related stuff, that's, that's all on me. Right. Right. And just to just reiterate again, um, and I, I'll probably need to mention this, you're, you're representing yourself in this, this part of the conversation. Yeah. So definitely, Sean, I appreciate you talking a little bit about your personal background sure, in absolutely. law enforcement and just some of your thoughts on, the, the recent stuff. Definitely appreciate that. And uh, was there anything else we needed to touch on before we get out of here? I think we're good, man. We, we got the uh, little bit of background. We talked about the pew pew meter that's coming up. Um, like I said, I hope that we're going to have that ready in September. Um, you know, keep, keep in touch with the website. You can get us on pewpewtactical.com and uh, we'll definitely have more information heading out on all of our socials when we finally do launch. But I think the biggest thing is 
we haven't landed on exactly what we're going to do, but we've got some ideas for some incentives. We realize that, you know, not everyone's going to want to come in and just, oh, let me sign up. Let me create yet another account and have to keep track of username and password and then come in and uh, give us ratings, you know, rate these guns, tell us what your experiences have been. We're going to incentivize it. We're going to have probably giveaways or something of that nature. And um, I think you'll probably see some cool ideas come out of that. Uh, with the amount of stuff that we get on a, on a regular basis for review, uh, we've got a treasure trove and we, we can probably hook it up. Hey, you know what? I mean, I, I love to see innovation in the industry. We, we look at companies like SIG and whatnot, and they're like, okay, so SIG, Pew Pew Tactical, innovating <laughs> in, in the space. I see y'all leading the way. <laughs> Thanks, man. So, no, that's that's awesome. Thank you so much. And how can people find both Pew Pew Tactical and do you have any way that people can follow you and your journey? Yeah, I uh, send everybody to Pew Pew Tactical. Uh, we're definitely uh, happy to have them come over to the website, pewpewtactical.com. You can find us on YouTube, uh, same name, Instagram, Twitter, uh, Facebook, maybe a little bit. And then uh, we've even experimented some on TikTok. It's it's kind of a, an interesting space for gun it's content. Definitely, but, definitely an interesting space. I'm yeah. no longer there. I, I tried. Um, but I'm not there any longer. I hear you, Vince. Just... Yeah. The the main thing in, in all of our social outreach, um, you know, with YouTube, Instagram, uh, Twitter, all of that is to try to drive people back to the original content because it's just easier for us to get full detailed reviews uh, in a written format uh, mm -hmm. over on the website. So keep you tackled by cops. Yeah, definitely. Uh, having to contend with the way YouTube likes their videos and, yeah. you know, that's yeah. the ups and downs but yes so i'll link to the pp tactical website instagram awesome. page youtube all down below you guys definitely go check them out they are freaking awesome thanks and man a great resource for gun owners and sean thank you so much for coming on and sharing uh both pp tactical stuff and a little bit about your personal history and some of your thoughts on your your previous profession thank you so much for that and wherever you are thank you so much for joining us Check the links down below, channel partners, ways you can join us, shirts that you can buy, and of course, keep it constant.